Hey guys, does capitalism have you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Productivity Porn has created a business around making you think that constantly being productive will lead to a fulfilling life. However, this mindset has created unhappy, anxious, and burnt out people. On our podcast, we aim to entertain by providing useless information just for the joy of it and giving you time in the day to stop the gears of capitalism. And if you're thinking, what's the point of this podcast? Then we invite you to be a part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things in life. (laughs) Welcome to episode 22 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less! I don't know about you, but I'm feeling feeling 22. 22. (laughs) Our podcast is as old as you are. no yes feels great. yes You're still 22 yes still t- holding on to that amazing <laughs> i know oh my god Aww. wow so sweet it's growing up really fast she but also really fast. slow very confusing yeah. similar timeline to like quarantine where like time is very confusing mm. i don't really understand it. it's both fast but slow i get it yeah yeah exactly anyways anyways we are your hosts <laughs> I'm Courtney, and this week I went backcountry camping for the first time. And I'm Lydia, and this week I planted my cannabis seeds, and they're little sprouts right now, and they're super cute, and I'm really excited. So cute. (laughs) I just love baby everything, even if it's baby plants. Like, I I don't don't know how a plant is so cute, but like, baby plants are so cute. (laughs) It just has such a long little life ahead of it. And it's just two tiny little green leaves. Like, it's barely the size of, like, a penny. So small. <laughs> so cute. I'm so excited. My keep you favorite updated. thing is, like, when my adult plants, like, grow babies. How do It's the most magical experience. I don't think every plant does, but there's a lot of plant varieties that just, like, grow little babies beside them and they're like attached to their root system and you can like cut them off and make them into their own plant but it's so cute when you see a little baby come up and you're like oh little bubba oh my god i didn't know yeah so cool babies my my one plant i have this like spider plant oh yeah i have one of those um and i keep it away from my cats because cats like love spider plants but i bring it down to water it and it's been growing this like long stem with flowers on it with a tiny little baby on the end of it for like weeks it's been working so hard to grow this long stem and i've been so excited i've always want my spider like always wanted my spider plant to grow baby and so i brought it down and i put it down to water it and i walked away for like three minutes and when i came back zola had chewed on the stem and broken it (gasps) and i was like no so, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's I put it tragic. in a glass of water, and it's still alive. So I'm okay. hoping that I'm able to like keep it alive long enough for the baby to like grow, yeah. and then I can just transport the baby into like another pot. But it was so depressing, that dude. That's so sad. So sad. <laughs> Cats are sometimes the worst. Like they're the best, but they're also the worst. Low key murderers. Like she, she really was like, ooh, a toy. <laughs> doesn't even realize what she's doing she like specifically went for the stem too like there's so many yeah. leaves on there that you could have chewed but like <laughs> they know what's important went, in your lives and they they know how to write for it. the jugular you know <laughs> um, double homicide <laughs> that's crazy that's so sad hopefully it'll, it'll come back to life i believe i believe in your plant your green thumb 
<laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll see. How was the camping trip? It was so much fun. It was so cool. Um, we went to a beach on the island oh, and you have to like carry all your stuff in which is like what backcountry camping is is when you can't like drive in oh, so you like I park your car that. and like you load up your big backpacks with all your stuff and then we have to like do a little bit of a hike and then walk Oof. all the way across the beach because like there's one end of the beach that we like a lot more so we like hiked our way across the beach and then you just get mm. to camp right on the beach that is so and cool. So you just, you're like, this spot of sand is perfect. Literally, yeah. You just choose a spot of sand, any spot you want, and you put your tent on it, and that's your spot. That's and you can so have, like, awesome. campfires and... Oh, campfires on the it's beach. It's really, she's really cool. It was really nice. That's on my bucket list now. That's really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> really fun. Really fun. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Yay. A little Let's scary it, sometimes, but it's oh. fun. <laughs> yeah, is there, like, animals on the beach? Yeah, there's, like, bears and stuff. What? I didn't see any. I didn't see any, but, like, there's okay. a lot of bears in the area, and they have, like, bear lockers. They have to put all your food in. Oh, wow. Um, so Hopefully the bears will just scared. go after the lockers. Yeah, that, I think that's the hope, not the people. Yeah, Hopefully. Oh, my God. Can bears swim? Can you escape to the ocean? No, no. That's the thing. Like, bears can swim faster than you. They can climb trees faster than you. And they can run faster than you. So, like, your only option is to really, like, make a lot of noise and hope that they're scared of you. Wow. That's And if they're not, I don't really know what you're supposed to do. Like, what if they... I guess. (laughs) I don't think you have another option. that's just your time. Your time to go... (laughs) <laughs> just accept it try to be large yeah i've heard that you have to like be big and like be like ah and like put your hands out to the sides and like intimidate scare them it? off have you heard of bear spray yeah i know we need to get some of that i was thinking yeah. about that this weekend i was like that would be a good investment to have i didn't know that <laughs> when that, like, like most worked. of the island has just like bears like there's bears on campus sometimes which is like in the middle of victoria wow so Aww, i think bear spray lost. would be i know it does it like is it like bug spray where it makes them not attracted to your scent no 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 like no, no, no. it's like pepper spray oh like don't spray it on yourself oh. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to buy like special like canisters and like locks to put it in so that you wow. don't accidentally spray it oh my god that sounds powerful Holy yeah shit. it's powerful yeah. stuff or walk around with like tranquilizer darts and like when you see a bear how is that the more <laughs> practical option because you don't have to lock it up. Well, you probably would have to lock it up. Yeah, it's a gun. <laughs> tranquilizer. <laughs> and a gun. Where right. am I going to get a tranquilizer gun? I can get bear spray at, like, mech. Where Where am I going to find a tranq gun? The zoo? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, the zoo, maybe. Walmart. It seems like they have Walmart. a lot of stuff. They kind of run the, run the town, you know. <laughs> you know people, I'm sure. <clears throat> I'll You're just stick to my program. bear spray. Maybe just some, like, hey. I'm in a health program. Hey, <laughs> you think that like public health it's officers a little bit are of a just stretch. shooting people <laughs> with drink guns? <laughs> Maybe you know people who know people who know people who like are. At I don't think there's any connection something. between like public health <laughs> and like medicine and drink guns. I've never heard a drink gun being used <laughs> on a human. <laughs> oh, me neither, actually. Hey everyone, now is the time in the podcast where we talk about the polls from last week. Let's get into it. Last week we talked about cats and Shakespeare, so let's get down to the nitty gritty. Um, The question on the Instagram was, 
which do you prefer cats or dogs extremely controversial so there's but... <laughs> go ahead yep. the winner is cats <laughs> by 60 percent that's pretty fucking good i'm not Suck gonna it. lie Suck it, dog. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, I respect you, dog people. Because cat people are nice. We got yeah, we don't... so much hate on our Instagram this week from I dog know. people. Shout I'm out so to the trolls on our reels who just went on there and were just like extremely aggressive about us saying anything about dog people. Jesus Christ. But you proved our point. So thank you for also, that. Also, thank you. No, thank <laughs> you, but thank you. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Like, we're not going to cry ourselves to sleep at night if that's what you wanted. Like, we're over it already. Thank you so much for commenting you. on our reel. You help the algorithm, the if anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so the next question we had was, do you think Shakespeare wrote all his plays and poems? And resounding, 78% said, no way, Jose. Amazing. <laughs> it's so great. That's great. I didn't know that this was, like, a widely acceptable... Thing, but I guess the evidence is just overwhelming. Can't even write his name, bro. I also <laughs> just think that, like, it makes sense that one person couldn't have written all of those plays in like, a very short lifetime. Yeah, he people, only lived to be like forty. Yeah, people did not live that long. So I know, right? Yeah, it makes sense. It so makes I mean, sense. if if you if you did listen to the podcast, that's great. But if you didn't, then like you're a logical person, I guess. Yeah, so that's yeah, cool yeah. too. <laughs> Tune in next week on Tuesday slash Wednesday for our next poll at very.unimportant.people on Instagram. We want to hear from you. Pew, 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 pew. Let's get back to business. Bye. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> on um, that note. <laughs> should we jump into opinions? Yeah, bring us Have anything party. else to cover, yeah? Um, I don't think so immediately no not not at the moment all right i guess my opinion um so my opinion this week is not it's not fully formed i don't know what the opinion here is (laughs) but i know there's an opinion there so maybe you guys can help me find it but i wanted to talk about the simpsons today as in like the tv show the cartoon the ever so famous simpsons so i've only seen a couple episodes of the simpsons when did you watch the simpsons when did you try to watch a couple episodes oh, of it recently i think i oh, tried it to watch recently. it yeah because i i keep hearing that it's like such an amazing show but like as you guys know courtney and i didn't grow up with tv so we weren't exposed <laughs> to these shows <laughs> as children yeah which maybe explains a few things <laughs> <laughs> but I tried to like watch it recently and like I don't know I just didn't really it didn't really hook on you know I watched like four episodes how about you interesting see I we had family friends that really liked the Simpsons so I was mm-hmm. exposed to it as a child because oh, we used cool. to like go over to their house and they used to put it on mm-hmm. but I never liked it as a kid I never really mm. got it. I thought there was like a hype around it, so I tried to pretend that I got it and like <laughs> and like pretend that I liked it because everyone else liked it, but like I didn't really get why I liked it. Yeah. And there's actually a reason for this. So, um, to be a writer on The Simpsons show, they actually hire like Harvard Mathematic graduates to write The Simpsons. Wow. So, <laughs> you think going into like this cartoon with like this guy who eats donuts, it's gonna be like really like 
stupid comedy. Yeah. But it's actually, like, really high-level comedy, and there's a lot of references to, like, literature and, like, culture and, like, the arts, and that's that's why a lot of, like, kids don't get it, because... But kids still seem to like... Yeah, I guess it's one of those adult I don't think kids... Yeah, I don't think kids like The Simpsons. I think if any kids watch The Simpsons, I think they're pretending to like it. I don't Mm. think anyone actually likes it, because the jokes are actually, like, higher-level jokes that I don't think kids would understand. That's one of those uh, moments where it's like, tell me what your major was in college and tell me what you do now for a job. (laughs) My God. That's like economical, mathematical, physical, and (laughs) blah, blah, blah analysis. At Harvard. I I write on this. I'm a backup writer. (laughs) Warner Brothers. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) So The Simpsons has kind of become famous because, I mean, one, it's like one of the longest running television shows. It's been running for 30 years. Um, oh, but they have successfully predicted a lot of real life events. What? Which is kind of cool and kind of creepy. Um, and so they've made over 20 correct predictions about the future. So they write about like 10 months to year in advance. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing when they're writing The Simpsons is actually like actively trying to maybe predict something that will happen during the next year to try to make it relevant to viewers. Oh my god. Which I think is actually really risky. I think that's a really ballsy move because if you predict a major thing and then get it wrong, it's going to be really irrelevant to the context. Like, for example, I'll give you one of the things that they predicted that is one of the most famous things that they predicted. Um, They had predicted that Donald Trump would be president. Okay. Oh, really? I think I might have heard this theory on TikTok before. Yeah. So in 2000, they predicted that he would become president and then it happened in 2016. Um, <laughs> but like if they had predicted that one wrong, like if they had written that one into the like in 2015 when they were writing and they had written that into the script and predicted like that he won and then actually Hillary Clinton won, mm-hmm. like the show all of a sudden would become like completely irrelevant. To- yeah actual life so i think it's very risky that they do this but it's also kind of cool wow that's Um, trippy and one more thing about like the predicting trump thing um they say that they can like there's a lot of them that they can't explain why they got it right but they say that they can kind of explain this one okay and that they were purposely looking for a ridiculous celebrity to be president just for the joke and donald trump in 2000 had like kind of hinted at the fact that he might want to run for president but it was kind of Mm -hmm. like a joke so they just randomly chose him based on that fact and then in a 2016 interview one of the writers um dan greeny Mm -hmm. said um that the joke was intended to be a warning and that it just seemed like the logistical last stop before hitting rock bottom (laughs) it was pitched because it was consistent (laughs) with the vision of america going insane So that was their idea in 2000. They were like, this is a ridiculous thing that can't happen. Like, if this happens, America's going insane. Like, we're about to hit rock bottom. And then in 2016, it happened. Holy shit. That's actually really funny. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) They were like, this is the worst nightmare of America. (laughs) (laughs) This idiot. (laughs) Owner of Miss America. (laughs) And many hotels. So the writers have also said that the show um, functions as, like, a group therapy session for all of them, where there's, like, so much going on in the world, and they come together, and they talk about it, and then they make jokes about it. 
Oh, okay. And that's also part of the reason why a lot of the events in the show end up being, like, representations of real things that have happened or are happening in the world. Because mm-hmm. they're just kind of trying to, like, process it and deal with it. Um, and there's a couple of college classes that are actually dedicated or partially dedicated to The Simpsons and their ability to predict the future. Because it's, like, such an interesting phenomenon. There's college classes for that? College classes, yeah. Huh? So there's a book called The Simpsons and Philosophy that's used um, as one of the main course readings um, in a course at Berkeley University. (laughs) Is that Ivy League? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's a really good university. And they're just teaching about The Simpsons because it's insane how they can get things right. Wow. Um, And then there's a group of Harvard mathematicians that presented a theory in 1989 called The Law of Truly Large Numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people use this to explain why The Simpsons is able to uh, predict so many correct things about the future. Mm -hmm. And basically the theory is, is that with a sample large enough, um, any outrageous things thing is apt to happen. So they're basically saying... that's what I was kind of wondering, is that, like, they have so many episodes and, like, so Mm -hmm. much stuff happens in each episode. Like, I feel like they're bound to get one thing right. And then maybe everybody kind of hyper-focuses on that one thing and, like, completely, like you said, like, forgets Mm -hmm. because it becomes irrelevant all their other guesses that they made that were, like, maybe horrible. (laughs) A hundred percent. And there's a guy that, um, some random guy on Quora did the math. Yeah. Um, and... He wrote this post in 2016, so this is from 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, the show had 596 episodes, and each episode were 22 minutes long, mm-hmm. and they had an average of three to four uh, plot events, so approximately 1,800 to 2,400 events have happened on The Simpsons, and only 20 have turned out to be true. Uh-huh. So that was, like, the big That's, like, a 1%. Mm-hmm. Like, not even. Wow. Okay. Okay. Very cool. It's so that's pretty cool that they're, like, the only people kind of doing it, though. Yeah. And they're kind of, like, notorious for doing it. And some of them you can very easily be, like, okay. <laughs> like, that's a coincidence. It was just, like, bound to happen randomly at some point. But there's some of them. We'll get into them in a second where you're, okay. like, that's very Freaky. specific. Freaky deaky. So that's kind of like the mathematic explanation. And then there's also um, some guy, his name is Dr. Bernard Bateman, who used to be the chairman of the psychiatry department at the University of Misery, which confuses me because this is not necessarily like a very scientific theory. It's more of like a woo-woo theory, but whatever. <laughs> woo-woo. <laughs> um, so he says that there is a psychosphere which is a mental atmosphere okay that is essentially a group mind in action and basically that is cool he says that when a group comes together under the right conditions they can know things that they don't actually know or they can predict or attract what they're thinking wow so basically if a bunch of people come together and think about one thing he says that they're either like making that thing happen or they're tapping into, like, some higher knowledge that already knows about this thing. That when they oh all come together, God. they think it's an idea, but it's actually knowledge. So That's his explanation for The Simpsons. <laughs> they manifest. The Simpsons writers. So we have The Simpsons to blame for manifesting Trump in office <laughs> in 2016. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. <laughs> that might be true. Which makes my first example of 
something that The Simpsons predicted a little bit dark. Okay. Because the first thing that they didn't really predict, but they made a reference to 9-11 okay. three years what, before it, it happened. Okay. Oh my fucking god, no way. So in 1997, there's an episode of The Simpsons where they go to New York. And mm-hmm. there's this magazine that says New York $9. And it's like a joke about how like New York is cheap. Mm-hmm. But the World Trade Buildings are in the background and mm-hmm. the nine lines up perfectly with them so it actually says new york 9 11 oh my god <gasps> Ooh, right? i just got goosebumps i don't know if it's <laughs> the ghost in my room but that's really freaky and that's one of the ones that they like can't really explain how that happened it was just um, a stylistic choice and they just the time. they just chose nine dollars because they were like trying to make a joke and they thought it was like a cheap number yeah but they ended up writing out new york 9 11 that's crazy they had no idea what they were doing you Mm -hmm. know like they were just like nine dollars random number nine dollars like and then the skyline yeah new york at the time wow that's really weird that's really weird that seems like a little bit of a stretch though i'm not gonna lie i don't really believe that one yeah that one's not necessarily like predicting something i think that one's more just like creepy yeah when you look back at it that like that said there but i don't think it's really hinting like they didn't predict that airplanes would fly into the towers like they didn't predict the events right it's just kind of creepy when you look back at like the coincidence that happened yeah it is a very creepy coincidence some people would say that there is no such thing as a coincidence so where does that leave us (laughs) the psychosphere that's where that leads us Um, and then they also predicted both the teams and the winners of the 1992, 1993, and 1994 NFL games. So there's one episode where Lisa, <laughs> like, starts a career or something in predicting, like, the winners of the NFL. Yeah. And in that one episode, she makes three predictions about 92, 93, and 94. Oh, my God. And those three <laughs> predictions end up being right. Both the team right. and who won. I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't so know. Cool. Like that'd be wild if they got one. You know, if they got yeah. one, I'd be like, okay. I kind of knew what teams were playing, maybe like who was good right now, but like three in a row. That's so crazy. That's insane. Oh my god! Can you imagine if you like placed a bet? You were like, okay, if the Simpsons got it three times in a row, it's got to be more than a pattern. And then you bet on the Simpsons fourth team, and it's wrong. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that that's so trippy. Isn't that creepy. That, like, it happened the exact same way as the, like, the wow. TV show, I wonder too. If, I wonder if that's, like, a normal thing, though. Like, analyzing sports statistics and trying to guess the outcome of teams for it the next, be. like, three or four years. Like, is that a career? Is that... It could well be, be. I mean... Mathematics? There, a lot of them are mathematicians from Harvard. So it could have something to do with them looking at statistics. If, but if I don't, so, though, that's a lot of work to put into one episode. That's what I was thinking. And if so, whoever did that needs to quit their job writing for The Simpsons and just start predicting scores and just, like, Fast. betting on them. Because they'd make so much money. Yeah, they would. That's, I that's insane that's that they doing. were able to do that. That's so weird. Oh, wow. I wonder if they could tell me when the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. Never. <laughs> I can tell you that. Hey, no, 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 no. Sixtieth year is our year. Sixtieth year without the cup. Sixty nine. They're gonna win on year sixty nine. Calling it now. (laughs) 
love that. See, this is group mind, whatever he just talked about. The psychosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're making it the happen. mental atmosphere just by being here. And all of our listeners, you guys are a part of it. You're making it happen. Unless you're like a all Bruins fan, then you're not really it's gonna helping. happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna move on. <laughs> okay. Before we lose all of our listeners, um, there was a three-eyed fish. In 1990, on one of the episodes, Bart captures a three-eyed fish, and he names it Blinky, and it's in the river by the power plant that Homer works in. Mm -hmm. And then this one, I think, is a little bit of a stretch. A decade later, they found a three-eyed fish in Argentina. But the ironic part is, is that the reservoir was fed from waste from a power plant. So that's kind of the part that they got right. That's very that cool. It was a nuclear thing. But again, mm. I think that's kind of like a sciencey thing that you can predict. Yeah. And I think that nuclear, anything that interacts with like a nuclear power plant or nuclear reserve always has some sort of abnormalities. Like yeah. during Chernobyl, people had to move the fuck away from there and get as far away as possible so that like enough of it doesn't affect them. And then like some mm-hmm. women who were pregnant had baby abnormalities because of the amount of radiation that was coming off. So yes, but no. <laughs> yes, but no. Yes, but yes. <laughs> um, in 1993, there is an episode where Siegfried and Roy, apparently these are two, like, famous magicians. I think this is before my time because I didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. But they are magicians and they perform, like, in a circus type thing. Um, so in their 1993 episode, Siegfried and Roy were viciously mauled by a white tiger during <gasps> a performance at oh! a casino. And then in 2003... Rory was attacked during a performance by a white tiger. What? Yeah. The same white tiger, do you think? No, nah, they probably, unfortunately, had to put that in. What do you they mean? had to put it down. No, no, no. The first one was in the cartoon. The first one was not real. <laughs> <laughs> they just... Oh, I thought it happened to both of them. <laughs> oh. No, in the, in the cartoon, they were attacked oh, by a white yeah, tiger. They kept the tiger? Then... <laughs> Why would they do and then 10 years later, it actually happened. Okay, that is weird. Do they Are they notorious for, like, a white tiger in the show? Like, I think, like, white tigers were part cool. of their show, mm-hmm. but they had never been attacked before. Wow, that's so scary. Oh, my They lived. Goodness. He lived. Don't worry. He, he oh, lived through it. He was injured, but he lived. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, side note i have no idea what i would do if i was an audience member and the person (laughs) started being attacked attacked. by the tiger like i don't know what my next step would be do you try to help (laughs) do you put yourself in harm's way are you like yeah like uh, presumably someone's (laughs) calling the ambulance so like that job is taken i hope so Hopefully there's, like, an assistant, Could you, maybe. Everyone's just, like, thinking that somebody else is calling the ambulance and, like, nobody ends up calling the ambulance. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, like, yeah. yeah. I always think it's about that. Like, whenever I'm witnessing something that I think, like, hmm, maybe someone should call something, in my head, I just make the assumption that somebody else, if yeah, it needs to be done, yeah. has already done it. That's I've called that one before, and that. I was like, hey, like, there's an accident here, and they were like, yeah, we know. <laughs> someone yeah, that happened called. to us, like, I was like two weeks oh. ago. Okay. <laughs> we were watching, like, people... Someone was, like, hold, pinning someone down in the parking lot of a Canadian Tire. It was, like, a staff member was pinning someone down. And the person oh was, like, god. screaming. Oh, my God. And everyone was, like, standing around watching. And so we were, like, I think somebody should call 911. Like, 
I know that he's an employee, but it just seemed a little weird. And we called yeah. them and they're like, yeah, we know. Like, security's there. And we're like, that's the problem. That's oh. secu- like, security is the problem here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did, did they send end up a coming? Did you stay? Yeah, they sent- Or were you like, yeah. Gonna- yeah. And then in the same parking lot last night, a security guard was stabbed. What the fuck? Maybe it was that guy coming back for revenge. Maybe. Dude, that's crazy. It seems like there's yeah. some sort of activity going on in your neighborhood buddy Something is that that one canadian about. tire that down low, the last that time canadian we were tire. there there were people there was a staff member following a guy out of the store like tailing oh him God. and the guy was like screaming at him and like he was like you stole something and he was like no i didn't and then he fucking what? like threw the bag of his stuff at the guy and he was like take it i don't even care and walked away and like the staff member just kept following him I was like, he gave the shit back. Like, even if he stole it, like he gave it back. What's what's huh. what's the goal? I so I think, think it's just a weird some drug stuff going on here. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Because why would but... you continue f- to follow him? Oh. First of all, why do you care that much about your job that you're like, I need to follow this person out of Canadian Tire? I have an answer. I have an answer to this. Ooh, okay. Janaid worked at Canadian Tire briefly when he was a teenager, and mm-hmm. if somebody steals something from your section during your shift, you have to pay for it out of your wages. What? That is at least not that's the how it worked at the one that he to worked at. Business. That's no, really that's fucked up. Shitty. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. <laughs> like, for it real. sounds this sounds illegal. I mean, it does. It's the same thing at like restaurants. A lot of restaurants implement that like if somebody yeah. dines and dash, you have to cover their meal. When technically it's illegal, but, like, restaurants will still make you do it. Yeah, they still need the money. But at least you get tips at restaurants, and, like, maybe some of it can come out of a tip or something. Yeah. Like, that's still your your money, but you still have another hour of work to go. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to justify stealing as if, <laughs> as if it's a thing. But holy shit, that sucks. That's really insane. Hmm. Yeah, so it's just a weird But he gave the stuff back. Yeah, that's a weird I know. Weird to and even at. if he did steal something, like, it's not worth it. Yeah, it really isn't. It ain't. Like, you have no idea. That person got stabbed. You literally have no idea what people are holding on to. Yeah. And you don't know what that person's going through in their life. Like, (laughs) maybe they (laughs) They need that thing and they can't pay for it. And, like. Yeah, maybe. They're paying. They're stealing from, like, a big box store. I don't really care. Yeah. It would be rough to have. In my mind, if you steal. As, like, an easy Canadian tire to steal from. Because then nobody would want to work there. But, like, personally, me as an individual. If somebody steals from a big box store, it's a little bit different with Canadian Tire because employees have to pay for it. But if somebody steals from a big box store, I don't count it as stealing. Me too. If you steal from Walmart, it's not stealing. Oh my god, I do that all the time. It's an act of resistance is what it is. Uh, yeah, same. Anyways. It's fucked a up. A little off topic there. Um, so the next one is autocorrect. Um, in 1994, there's an episode where two bullies take a memo on their phone that's supposed to say, beat up Martin. Mm-hmm. And it, the memo ends up being sent to everyone in the school as, eat up Martha. <laughs> and they were actually, like, making a jab at Apple because Apple had just released a phone yeah. that wasn't very good. Oh. So they were, like, trying to make a jab at them. Huh. Um, and they... A, predicted autocorrect fails, which had never happened before. Like, that was a new That's thing. Actually, oh. And then Apple actually used this episode as motivation to get the keyboard right. And Eat Up Martha became like a saying within their development team as a reminder and encouragement while developing it to get it right. They I just love like that. say like, Eat Up Martha to each other. 
Oh my god, that's actually so cool. <laughs> yeah, so the that's Simpsons really helped awesome. us out. They helped develop your all of your keyboards. Your autocorrect never says fuck, always duck. <laughs> oh yeah. It just Sorry. always autocorrects it to duck. <laughs> it does, and you're like, ah, I'm so ducking mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, so cool. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. I like that one because that one like translated mm-hmm. into like Very a real... well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first uh, meme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a building in London called the Shard that was built in 2009, but in 1995 it appears on a Simpsons episode. Lisa goes to London. What? And there is a picture of the skyline, and you can see the Shard, and it looks the same, and it's in the same position. But that building what? does not exist yet, and it comes into existence in 2009. What? That's so weird. How can they predict architecture? Weird? That's so irrelevant. I know. Imagine they I just know. like drew it wrong. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Architecture. I feel like 10 years in advance, you don't know what a building is going to be. You don't have the permit, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Like, that's. I mean, there's a chance with that one. I guess they could have built it inspired by The Simpsons. But it wasn't, like, a big feature of the episode. It was literally just, like, a flash of the skyline. And somebody paused Mm -hmm. it and looked at it and saw that the shard was there. So it's not really like it was... They didn't make anything cool cool about it. There was, like, an architect on the writing team. (laughs) Yeah, they also hire architects now. (laughs) Just for their skylines to give, like, cities ideas. They're like, there you go. To give cities ideas. I love that. (laughs) Okay, some inspiration, guys. Okay, and this one's kind of... This one's kind of whack. So... They correctly predicted the mass of the Higgs boson particle. Okay. What is that? There is an episode. I don't really know what it is. It's something sciencey. There's a particle, and for many years, they didn't know what the mass was. That's all I know about it. <laughs> okay. And there's one episode in 1998 where Homer becomes an inventor, and he's standing in front of a blackboard, and on the blackboard is the equation that ends up solving... What? what the mass is of the Higgs what? of the Higgs boson particle, which was proved in 2013 in a 13 billion dollar experiment. They proved that that was the mass, but it appears on a Simpsons episode. No fucking. Now with this way. one, I did a little bit of research, and apparently this equation was already created, but there were multiple equations that people had theories oh. about. Oh, and so. They just chose, like, they a just random chose one. one. So it sounds really impressive, oh like, on the outset, but then you're like, mm, okay. You know, there was a chance that they would get it right. But it's kind of cool. And I guess it's because they had the mathematicians on their writing team that the mathematicians chose the specific equation because, I guess, maybe they thought it was right and it ended up being right. Oh, my God. That is literally the coolest thing. I stay in the Simpsons right? now. <laughs> right? It's really, kind of cool. Really cool. It's weird that they... I wonder if this was their whole intention to set out to like predict major events or like to make them come to be. Because why else would you have these non, well, creative, but like non-creative writing kind of people on your team? I think that it might be like, I mean, people always say that doing comedy takes a lot of intelligence. And I know I don't mean to like, you're like hyping us up right now. I don't really know if we create comedy, but like... Yeah, you do have to be really smart to, like, write comedic things. So maybe that's kind of the thinking behind it, is that they didn't want, like... There's some comedy that's 
really low level comedy. Yeah. More like true. physical comedy, I guess. Um, they have physical take... comedy in The Simpsons too, though. Do they? They have that. I guess that was for the kids to like get the kids onto the show. Maybe. And I'm not saying physical comedy doesn't take intelligence, but some forms of it take less intelligence, I think, mm-hmm. than writing comedic stuff. So maybe they just wanted something that was like comedic Different. and not low level. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But That's it's really a cool, cool decision that they made and it ended up yeah. turning out really cool where they were able to make a funny show that also is kind of intelligent and like philosophical. And I feel like a and big part of this too is also that it's a cartoon because I think yeah. that normally people think that cartoons are for kids. So to have yeah, a exactly. really smart cartoon is like the beginning of like what we have today. Like adults watch cartoons all the time. There's cartoons that are only for adults. So it's kind of is... cool that they were at the start of that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I appreciate them for that. Me too. It's cool. I know after like writing this whole opinion, I really like want to watch The Simpsons now to see if I can like <laughs> catch their little jokes and stuff. <laughs> see if I'm smart, you know? I, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could, Courtney. <laughs> I want to validate myself through The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't need my degree anymore. I just I want to get the jokes on The, the Simpsons. Simpsons. <laughs> That's um, the only reason to get educated. <clears throat> There is the tobacco plant, which was... This one isn't actually a prediction, but it's a cool story, so I thought I'd include it. Um, So in 1999, Homer uh, uses nuclear energy to create a plant that is a hybrid between a tomato and the tobacco plant. And there was a Simpsons (laughs) superfan named Rob Bauer who saw this episode and was inspired. And in 2003, he made the tobacco plant. He actually made a hybrid between the tomato and tobacco. And then the writers were so impressed that they invited him and his family to the office. And all the writers ate the fruit together. Oh, that's the tomato fruit. Was it good? I I wonder. It was cute. It doesn't sound good. (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) Wow, that's really cool. Really committed fans. I love that. It's crazy. It must be validating for them to like have this like science man come in and be like i did it they're like okay yeah. so our audience this is catering Cares. to the right audience we influence people yeah <laughs> yeah um they predicted the u.s beating sweden in the curling at the olympics okay love uh, that. <laughs> so off, they predicted sweden. it in 2010 <laughs> on the episode called Speeds, yeah. boy meets curl and then it happened in 2018 and not only did it happen, but it happened in the same fashion where um, the U.S. the U.S. curling team was, like, behind and it looked like they were going to lose. And then, like, last minute, they got a bunch of points and they ended up winning. And it is exactly how it played out in real life. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That's trippy. I can't believe they... Dude. Okay. So, so far, they definitely have, like, a sports analyst on the team. Yeah. They have... Maybe that's it. <laughs> nuclear nuclear scientists, possibly, for yeah. the three-eye thing. Maybe a botanist. They botanists. <laughs> and, like, people who know how to cross DNA and, like, turn it into this whole fucking thing. Maybe, like, a political scientist. I mean... Yeah. Could be. They predicted Trump. They've had... There's another kind of political... And, like, celebrity the influence. Th- they talk a lot about celebrities, so definitely some sort of, like, pop culture, knowledgeable, maybe a journalist or a celebrity mm. themselves. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so the next two kind of follow that trend of it being, like, famous or political people. 
Um, so they predicted the winner of the 2016 Nobel Peace Prize. Um, in 2010, cool. it was predicted that Ben, I don't know how to say this name, ben, Bent Holstrom would win the Nobel Peace Prize. And then in 2016, mm. he does. Wow. Um, wow. They also predicted the Lady Gaga halftime show. <laughs> really? So, how much of it? Kind kind of. This one, I think, is kind of a stretch. So in 2012, in The Simpsons, Lady Gaga performs in Springfield. And she's, like, hanging midair in this, like, bikini thing. And then yeah. five years later, she does the same thing at the Super Bowl. She, like, hangs That's in the cool. air and, like, sings in, in this bikini thing. So That's really cool. I wonder if Lady Gaga watches The Simpsons and was like... Yeah, that one could have been inspired. She was like, that's a good idea, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the last one that I have here is they kind of predicted the Game of Thrones plot. What? So there was an... really cool. There was an episode in 2017 where they, like, spoofed various aspects of the Game of Thrones. Um... And there's a scene where a dragon just, like, flies around randomly and, like, burns an entire village down. Oh, and then yes. in the Game of Thrones, there's a moment where Daenerys Targaryen um, surprises yeah, everyone like no one saw it coming um, yeah. and sends her dragons to kill everybody in King's Landing who have already surrendered. And she kills, like, thousands of innocent people. And it was, like, a plot twist that she did this. And then it kind of happened on The Simpsons before it happened on Game of Thrones. Wow. Something to think about. Wow. That's very interesting because people hated the way that (laughs) Game of Thrones (laughs) ended. I myself refuse to watch the final season because I am in denial. Mm. Um, Mm. (laughs) But I have heard that it ends quite horribly and in that sort of fashion. So... Mm. Maybe that's where they got the idea, and maybe this one, The Simpsons, just did not have a good idea. <laughs> maybe somebody on The Simpsons writing team also writes on the Game of Thrones writing team, yeah. and they yeah. were like, you know what? Cool idea. They were like, I'm just going to throw it again. this out. I know this is a terrible idea, so I'm just going to put it on The Simpsons. <laughs> and then he pitches it, and they're like, we're doing it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so yeah, that's all the ones that I have written down. There's many more. Well, there was like 20. I just chose... Ones that I thought were kind of cool. And some of them yeah, are, are cool. a little bit more of a stretch. Yeah, and some of them I didn't understand the references because oh. <laughs> they were about people, famous people that I don't know about. So I uh, thought that those out. were irrelevant. No, yes. no, it wasn't because I was dumb. It was because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the famous people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate it when they do that. When it's like a famous politician, I'm like, Please. I think they were just like older famous people. Like, I think they were episodes from like before I was on this earth and so i didn't understand the reference so i wasn't going to include it in here because i know the demographics of our audience and they wouldn't either (laughs) very good very good very considerate we thank you courtney we thank you for your service you're welcome (laughs) that was cool i want to watch the simpsons now me too me too it's kind of cool so again i don't know what the opinion is maybe the opinion is (laughs) the simpsons are kind of cool slash creepy slash Continuation of simulation theory. Maybe the Simpsons are telling us mm. something. We need to learn how to pick up the clues. Yes. Maybe the theory is that you can predict anything if you predict enough things. Or maybe the Simpsons, whoever's creating it, are running the simulation. And they're sending us hints. 
Sorry, like yours that. was a lot cooler, but <laughs> I still want to stick with. No, I like that. Theory. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, they are running the simulation, or they know how to get out of the simulation. Ooh, and, and they can't tell us. us. Yeah, or like they're not allowed to because of the simulation creators. So like you can't tell them; they have to figure it out on their own. Well, everything is up to speculation. You heard it here first, guys. I don't know what you heard, but this yeah, year... Yeah, I'm about to be like, I don't know <laughs> what the conclusion that was, but <laughs> you heard it here first. Always remember that, bro. That's the oh, name of the podcast this week. <laughs> I you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what it was that you heard, but... God damn it, you it was heard here. it. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. Thanks, guys. So, for thank you, Courtney. Yeah. Let's, let's hear it, Lydia. Go ahead. Okay, so on like a kind of different note, yeah, it's still uh. kind of not because it's like online world and stuff. I wanted to talk to you guys about dating apps and online dating. And my opinion on this, I know some people aren't going to fully agree with it because of some of the research that I did. It said that sometimes people in their like, mostly like over like 33, 35, like sometimes like definitely older up to like 70, just don't think that dating apps are good and they just don't agree that they are safe or that they provide the same type of connection or something like that. And I disagree with that theory. (laughs) I disagree with that opinion. And my opinion this week is that dating apps are great. I agree with this I love them and I think they're awesome. And yeah, Cordy agrees. And Yeah, and I just want to, I I read an article and I just want to address some of the concerns that I saw in the article with my own opinion, which is that they're great. So (laughs) let's start off with a fact. 30% of Americans have used online dating. Of that 30%, 23% have been on first dates. Good statistic. And of that 23%, 12% are in committed or long-term relationships pretty good that's almost that's half pretty good if it's 30 percent of people are using it that's a pretty good statistic and it's even better for the lgbtq plus community that statistic jumps up to 28 percent of people are in committed oh, wow. or long-term relationships really cool right okay so aside from that like just starting on a really positive note of course i think that dating apps are cool because immediately when you sign up it's Obviously not. It's like not real life, but it is. But it's just in this online world. And immediately you're letting people know that you're single. You're ready to yeah. mingle. And the awkwardness of like meeting someone in real life and you're not mm. sure if they want to date. If they're single, you have to like ask if they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And it's just like, oh, it's just like cringe. And it's sometimes it can be very exciting. Like I'll give you that. But sometimes you build up so much feelings for this person and then you find out that they're engaged or that they're married. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a crushing blow and you're like, oh, all the good ones are taken. Guess what, honey? They're not. All the good ones are on the dating apps. <laughs> yeah. And everyone has, I'm not going to say the same intentions going in because I think there's different groups on dating apps with different intentions, but everyone has an intention of meeting people romantically of meeting new people and of wanting yeah exactly and of like wanting to get involved with someone and like wanting to spend all their time with someone and stuff like that um 
So the, one of the concerns, which used to be my concern too, like a couple years ago, I was like, I'm not going to use the dating apps anymore. Like I want to meet people organically. And like, <laughs> that was my whole thing. I've used that word like so many times. It's like bringing back so many memories. Um, I tried to implement that in my real life, actually. And I did meet some weird, weird people. Almost nobody I met <laughs> through meeting organically, like was cool or like was... Uh, not creepy or like was it was just like a it's just I'm just not a fan I'm not a fan of the real world approach it hasn't worked for me so far and maybe sometimes the respectful and the kind people aren't the ones that approach you randomly mm-hmm. at a coffee shop or at a train station or at a bus stop <laughs> or I, yeah. at any of these random locations like, maybe the, the nice and respectful people are the ones who, like, leave you alone and let you do your own thing and just let you live your life. And, like, you know, you never know somebody's intention and you never know if you want to be approached and, like, people can't tell that by just looking at you. But like, honestly, like, to be straight up, anyone who approaches me and, like, asks for a number or anything like that, I will automatically say no. I don't care who it too. is. But, like, I <laughs> operate off of the basic assumption that if you're approaching a random person who's, like, not giving you attention in any sort and, like, start almost harassing them, yeah, you're probably not somebody that I want to spend time with. Like, that's just yeah. not the person I vibe with. So like I, do want, I do want the respectful so person <laughs> that leaves people alone. Exactly. That you respects personal space and boundaries. That someone, and, yeah. that a woman who is alone, for example, because me yeah, and Courtney... Yeah, it's scary to be women. approached. It is scary. Terrifying. And not a lot of people. We often do not want that. <laughs> and I, I respond in fear every time. I will try to get yeah. out of that situation as quickly as possible. I don't care if you're a ni- nice person. I, I'm just going to assume that you're scary because I'm scared. <laughs> I'm so yes. scared when you do that. So <laughs> I'm on board anyway. with that entire argument. You're <laughs> scary. Okay. So um, I think that dating apps actually can be organic slash they are organic. In, in, like, the kind of way that you, like, oh, randomly meet someone on the street who you think is super cute, and they just come up to you randomly and, like, tell you that they're so cute, blah, 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 blah. Like, just this way of people, how people used to meet people. So I think they are organic because the point of, like, meeting someone randomly is that it is very random and they happen to be single. And that interaction is emulated exactly on the app, except there's no room for, like, confusion or fear. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's kind of, it, it is random because if you happen to be on the same dating app, someone, they happen to swipe right on you, you happen to swipe right on them, and it is super random. They might not be on that app, they might be on a different one, you might not swipe right on each other, and, like, you have a good conversation, you, sometimes you totally forget about a person's existence within the first 30 seconds, which, like, let's be honest, that happens in real life sometimes, too. You talk to someone for 30 seconds, and then you go about your day because it was not a fun interaction, and sometimes... You talk to someone for longer. You find out you like them. You ask for a phone number. These, This experience happens on the apps. It happens in real life and it happens on the apps. And like, it's just, it's just less weird. And you know what? Sometimes nothing comes from it and that's totally fine. And, and like, I think, I think it is like safer and more time efficient because like you get to like basically judge if a person gives you good vibes or bad vibes before you even have to meet them in person yeah 
So in that way, it can be like a lot safer. And yeah, you don't have to like go and meet somebody who is just not your type of person. Like you can just be like, you know what? Yeah, exactly. Not for me. But if you were in person, you'd have to like go through the pain of like going out for a date and like sitting through the date and then realizing that the vibes are off. The vibes are off, which can still happen with online dating, but yeah, less likely to happen. Yeah, exactly. Because this is like someone who you're interested in and you get to read their bio, which Mm. is great because it lets you know that you have similar interests and that you won't be like wasting your time if you're looking for someone who has similar interests, right? It obviously all depends on what you're looking for. But you don't have to like go through that moment where you're like, finding out that maybe they're unemployed and maybe you're looking for someone who has a six-figure salary and <laughs> like you don't have to find out all these things you just like get it right at, right at the beginning yeah right at the start. are they a gym bro are they not a gym bro yeah exactly Car like, what guy. are you looking for <laughs> all these different what's know, their horoscope types, what's their interest sign? very important things to know horoscopes <laughs> <laughs> um and also i think um It actually could be better than organic meetings because you are introduced to awesome people that you may have never met in real life. And sometimes it happens where these people will have gone to the same school for five years and never talked to each other. And then they meet on through the dating app and then they're dating for three years and like they find out that they had the exact same experience, but they never would have met each other or seen each other or like there's just a lot of people in the world. So (laughs) you get confused. You don't look at people. I don't know what the theory is called, but it's like this psychological theory about, I think it's like called proximity theory or something about that, mm-hmm. about how like we make relation, we create relationships with people based on like convenience and how close they are to us. Yeah. So like you I make kinda... friends with people that you live on the street, same street with, they went to school with, like you date yeah. people that you go to work with and stuff like that. And I think that online dating helps you just like widen that a little bit and Big you don't time. just rely on proximity. To yeah. like meet someone. So and it's you not, can still have a, a lot small in pool. Makes it's a, a pool big bigger. Pool. It widens the pool, as they say. <laughs> and More if you believe in the one, if you believe that you have one true soulmate, guess what, buddy? You're 10 steps closer to finding that person if you're going through these people and trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, So another one of the concerns is that profiling, so like going through these profiles, it isn't romantic and the chase and the games makes for deeper feelings and maybe like a longer lasting type of love. I understand where this argument is coming from, but I still don't completely agree. I think games are just as possible in both types of meet cutes. And also, I'm pretty sure that we all decided in like 2019 that games is toxic and that maybe you shouldn't be playing games with someone like that. But all right, let's just like move on from that. And I think the chase, the chase is still very much alive because isn't that all about trying to keep someone around? Isn't that all about just trying to make someone happy with you and you wanting to spend time with that person? Like you could break up with them at any moment. (laughs) It's kind of just like the fun, like flirty stage, you know, like that's kind of what I think like the chase is when you're not really sure and like, yeah, that still happens exactly. on dating apps. There's still like excitement and just stuff. Just because I do... you want to date doesn't mean that like you're going to end up with the first just, person. That yeah. Just like anyone on, you know what I who mean? you match with. You're like, all right. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you are. I'm with you. Like, that's not how it works. They're still, they're still matching. But I do agree with the profiling thing Mm -hmm. and it being a little unromantic sometimes 
when I was on dating apps, I felt like a bad person if I was on mm-hmm. there for a long time. Because I'm like, I'm judging these people based on such a superficial thing. Yeah. And like, what if I, like, one of these people is actually a really cool person and I just wouldn't know because, like, I'm judging yeah. them based on a couple of pictures in, like, a sentence. Yeah. It does get really exhausting. Like, whenever I try to, like, go back on some of the apps, I can really only handle it for, like, two or three days. And then I'm just kind of either over it or I've met someone who, like, I want to talk to. But I, I get it. It is, like, exhausting. And it, it is kind of like putting romance into into an algorithm, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But also, I think that the most romantic thing that could happen is falling in love. It's true. And love is possible with anybody you meet, no matter how you meet them. And 13% of people fall in love from dating apps. So the romance is very much alive. <laughs> very much. <laughs> Some people are also concerned about dishonesty, lying mm. in their profiles. Catfishing. Yeah, catfishing. And for this, I stress, meet in person. (laughs) Meet in person as soon as possible. Like, as soon as possible. As soon as you get the good vibe, you like the pictures, you like what you're seeing, you like what, like, the vibe is, try to get that number, try to get that in-person meetup so that, like, there's nothing like in-person vibes, of course. And, like, then you'll find out if that person was lying about themselves or was, like... I don't know, just doing it. Yeah, it's really easy to verify that. Yeah. Like, that's (laughs) such a... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Narrow like, narrow your matches down to a couple people that seem cool and then mm-hmm. meet those people in person and you'll very quickly see if they were lying or not. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a... I really think that's a really small issue. I think so personally. too. And like, I think that some of these people were having this issue because um, online dating has this stigma around it that you are in a relationship with someone who lives in like florida or like mexico or poland like 90 day fiance yeah and you're never ever gonna meet them for 10 years and then one day you meet them and they are not at all who you thought they were and like blah 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 but that's just not the world really Mm -hmm. and like i i don't i don't have experience with that but i feel like i should advise against it because you really don't know (laughs) who you're talking to on the other side like even even now you can like deep fake video calls and stuff like that. I definitely recommend meeting in person. And yeah, you can also like find out if they're sketchy or like find out. Go on their social media, get their Snapchat. Social media. There's a lot of other ways to do it. Yeah, exactly. And like, if you're concerned about your safety, I mean, try your best to be safe. (laughs) Like a lot of these people are good people. Yep. Meet in public people. Tell, tell your people where you're gonna you're gonna be at all times it's the same concern though as meeting somebody randomly if they were to invite you out you would still take these safety precautions i would still meet that that person in public you would still tell all your friends where you are like it's just it's not a new thing with online dating it's not a new issue that it presents yeah exactly it's still the same old problems like i would still be scared to go out with the guy who i met like organically which like i have i still don't know who that person is (laughs) just because i've seen their face in front of my face doesn't mean that I suddenly am like, oh, he's not going to kill me. Like, no, yeah, I don't know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that maybe even in public and like meeting like through just randomly on the street might actually heighten your risk of like, I don't know, like something bad happening to you. So it's a bold because person. It's a very bold person. And as we have seen in some cases of missing people it's often someone who asks you for directions who wants to take you out to coffee who someone who approaches you because like approaching people is just not it anymore we've we've all seen too many crime documentaries and on dating apps no one's gonna ask you for directions no one's gonna ask you for advice (laughs) they do like (laughs) we all live in the same neighborhood i don't know like we're all just trying to figure this shit out 
yeah exactly <laughs> um okay so what are the biggest actual like real issues which i am not 100 sure how to address but maybe you can help me courtney is okay. the issue with idealization so you set unrealistic positive expectations for a person mm-hmm. and that person would never be able to meet them which results in a breakup or maybe like you're stuck in this pattern of like meeting people and then not liking who they are after like a while or something like that and then you don't have success in online dating so you don't think that like you're good at dating or something like that i know that personally this happened to me even when i met real life people so that's what i was gonna say i think this is another thing that isn't unique to online dating i think it's just a thing but like i think it's like normal and natural for people when they meet another person who they think that could be like potentially a love connection Mm but like you get excited and you start like imagining like what could be and like what you want oh my god the amount of times i thought i was gonna get married that's just (laughs) like it's a normal human reaction it's just like you getting excited about something yeah so i don't think think it's unique to online dating and i don't think okay okay that's what i was thinking too because but there is a whole other layer to it where it's like you're meeting their online persona and like sometimes like i'm sure you've had this experience where like you're texting someone and it's very different from how they Mm. actually communicate with you in real life or like they send like lowercase letters instead of uppercase letters at beginnings of sentences not that that's a deal breaker but it's just like you're like but that's one of those things like you're not supposed to build your entire relationship on an online dating platform an online dating platform is to yeah to form that connection see if like on very surface level you vibe with that person a little bit and then to meet them Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're building entire relationships on the platform, yes, that's probably a problem, but that's not a problem with online dating. That's a problem with, like, how you're using dating. the platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. In my opinion. You need to take it off. Yeah, I agree. Well, you do need to take it off as soon as possible. Like, that's a that's very good advice. <laughs> very highly recommend that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that fades, too, even, like, after a couple of months, um, even with, like, a normal... Not yeah. a normal person, but, like, someone who you met in, like, a regular old Yeah, but even fashion. if I met somebody on the street who was, like, the most gorgeous man that I've ever seen and he asked me for my number, like, yeah, I mean, aside from the fact that I'm afraid. Let's pretend I'm not afraid. Let's <laughs> okay. pretend I'm actually into it. And then, like, of course I'm going to be excited and I'm going to be like, oh, my God, like, he's the one. What if we get yeah. married? Like, you yeah. know, like, all these – that's just – it's just it what just happens. runs through your head. Yeah, it happens every it time I apply to a job. Like <laughs> – Every time I apply to a job, I'm like, oh, this could be the one. I could see myself working there. And then yeah, like, like, it's that just, we do. This is what humans do. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is it. I have finally found my calling. <laughs> and then you get into it and it's a lot more nitty gritty than you thought. Which happens, yeah, it definitely happens with like in-person relationship, in-person meeting. And like, yeah, the experience is the same. I don't think there's a lot lost. And I mm-hmm. think it's actually maybe even easier to find people, which could be another con that, like, you always know that there's people on the apps who want mm-hmm. to date people. But if that's the case, like, maybe, like, take a look at your relationship. Because I feel like people who are happy in their relationships aren't looking for other people and other options. I'm not in a relationship, so I don't know They're if not, this is yeah. true, Courtney, if you want to comment on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not just, like, constant and, like, oh, there's better out there. <laughs> like, that's yeah. like, what I'm yeah. thinking. I'm not like, don't worry, there's tons of people on Tinder if this doesn't work out. Like, that's not in my, <laughs> oh. that's what I'm thinking on, like, <laughs> my day-to-day yeah. basis. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're in a happy relationship, it doesn't matter where you met. Like, don't let, pe- don't let people tell you that, like, your relationship is less meaningful because you met online. Like, everybody it doesn't is make online. A difference. Yeah. <laughs> Just like everybody is living in the real world. Sometimes people 
you don't see people on the street. I know I ne- literally never see people our age on the street, like ever. And if I do, they're like in a group of like three other people. Like mm-hmm. I feel like people our age just don't travel alone typically. So <laughs> I don't know. Has. It's hard to it's hard to find people out here. It's hard to do activities as like as like an adult out of high school where you can meet people potentially like literally everyone anyone knows is from high school or college so like it's hard <laughs> it's, it's hard really out here hard. yeah i mean it um, goes back to like our friends episode like it's just hard to meet yeah people really that are actually like your people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's hard to find that out and sometimes it's hard to find that out dating too and you know no pressure if you if it turns out you don't like the the person that much don't feel committed to stay with think them. about like how long it would take you in person to like go through the amount of people that you do on dating apps like that'd be exhausting to like assess that many people and see if you want to like date them but it makes it a lot easier on a dating app to just file through them see which and you don't get any unwanted attention all the attention you get is consensual (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you get a little that's true that's true unwanted attention but it's a lot easier to deal with it (laughs) just delete them unmatched don't answer it's a lot harder in person to deal with that unwanted attention it is okay yeah so this kind of brings me to the end of my argument which is that there's a lot of people on the internet just like there is many people in real life there's equal opportunities for meeting someone online as there is in person maybe more online too and the amount of interaction from random people doesn't happen online as often as you think which kind of plays into like the randomization thing like you're not constantly bombarded with these messages so to get a message from someone who you actually like like and spark up a conversation is kind of random Mm -hmm. so the romance of approaching someone you think is cute is not lost online i think two people who happen to like each other and start dating is just as magical as meeting and doing it all in real life i agree Yay! And we all know at least one person who is in a successful relationship and they met online, which gives us all hope. <laughs> um, when Jadane and I first got together, he used to tell people that we met like through a mutual friend because he thought that people were going to judge us for meeting on Tinder. That's funny. I kind of love that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Wait, did you, you lie to me about that at first too? No. Oh my God, I think you did. Wait. I don't huh? think so. I was very open about the fact that I met Jadane on Tinder. Okay, I remember someone, like, lying to me about where they met their person, but it was not you. I don't think it was me. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. That's funny, though. And Janine is older than you, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I think... Nah, nah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a generation, like, thing. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. Let us know what you think about online dating, and if you think it's normal, if you know anyone who has met someone who they love on online dating if they've had any success if you've had any success we want to know, us know. All about it yeah i want to see how right this theory is and if you also hate online dating please let us know too yeah you, you <laughs> can let to us hear know. the counter arguments because i know i probably missed a few so i love to hear it And 
that brings us to the end of the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We really appreciate it. And thank you to all of our new listeners. We recognize you. We see you. And welcome to the family. You are very important people and we are very unimportant people. We have to make that clear because sometimes we're not putting you down, we're putting ourselves down (laughs) as a joke. Comedy. Ha ha ha. Uh, We smile. (laughs) Very smart. Highbrow comedy. Thank you for listening to Courtney's opinion on how the Simpsons uh, may have predicted shit and highbrow comedy, you know, being the prediction machine. Ted talk about how crazy yeah. the simpsons is i honestly didn't know how much of that shit they predicted so that was all awesome. really cool thanks for listening to my opinion on dating apps and i hope maybe that i changed your mind about how cool they are and how widely accepted they are and how you are more likely to find someone online than you are in real life so good luck out there <laughs> um you can let us know as well on our instagram at very.unimportant.people and you can also participate in our weekly poll there about these opinions and you can email us at hatersclickhere at gmail.com and that's h-a-t-r-s clickhere at gmail.com <laughs> and you can follow us on twitter at the unimportant ppl we post sound bites on there and you can follow us on tiktok find us because <laughs> we always forget what the name is it's a variation of very unimportant people <laughs> so good luck <laughs> and thank you for joining us and have a great have a great have a great love you love you <laughs>